Each Monday night we check in on what's going on with the real estate market. Tonight we're joined by Peter O'Malley from Harris Partners Real Estate. He's at the coalface. Good evening to you, Peter. Oh, good evening, John. Now, look, the auction clearances, uh, they're very high this week compared to what they were last year. What's your take on that? They're higher clearance rates on lower volume, John. Uh, so the higher clearance rate is very welcome by vendors. But the story of the property market at the moment is record low stock levels. And that in itself, and nearly purely in itself, has created upward trend in prices. Yeah, because uh, look, I'm, I'm seeing stories out of the capital cities the, where large numbers of people are turning up to auctions. Uh, they're bidding up the price simply because there's not, as you say, not much stock around. As a real estate agent, I can tell you it's never been fiercer to get a listing on your books at the moment, John. And when you do get it on your books, there's pretty good inspection numbers there at the moment. Um, I would still say the prices are down from the peak, but at the top end of the market, we're actually seeing some record results, prices that were probably higher than what would have been achieved at the peak of the property market in 2021. Yeah. So you're saying lower volume. So that suggests there are people who are holding back from getting in. Would that be because interest rates are going up and they think prices are flattening, but because of them holding back, the ones that are in are getting more? That's it. It works in reverse. We're saying to people that the sentiment toward the property market is worse than the reality at the moment. And those vendors at the start of 2023 that have gone to the market have been pleasantly surprised at how it's performed for them. No doubt vendors uh, took a knock in 2022 and that uh, the legacy of that issue flowed over into 2023 in their thinking, but the reality on the ground has been much better. I'm interested in your view because we, we keep hearing about the, uh, the, the number of people who are going to find themselves coming out of these extraordinarily low fixed rate mortgages and suddenly having to pay a lot more and that a lot of those people will be forced to sell. Is there any word on the ground that you hear that that, that is going to come? Look, there is, John. I don't deny for one moment that the property market is rising at the moment, but I'm not one of those people that are taking a victory lap saying that we're, the market has bottomed. The mortgage cliff and the issues that flow from the mortgage cliff are real. What I would say that we're seeing as a trend at the moment is people are not selling off their home as a result of them of their uh, rising mortgage costs. They're cutting back in the cost of living with discretionaries, discretionaries wherever they can, first of all. And second of all, we're selling a lot of investment properties off for people who are extracting the equity from that investment property and putting it against their home loan. So increasingly in the last two months, we've taken an increase in seller inquiry. And as we head towards spring and the mortgage uh, cliff becomes more acute in, in the marketplace, I think you will see more people selling off. The message from, from what you're saying is if people are holding off and maybe thinking about selling and they normally wouldn't do it during the winter, they should at least make an inquiry? Uh, absolutely. And I think that last interest rate rise to begin May really changed a lot of people's outlook. From that interest rate rise onwards, John, we've seen an uptick in seller inquiry. Buyers have been a little bit hesitant in the last weekend or two, just watching how the market performs in the face of that unexpected interest rate rise. So, uh, as I say, there's a long, long way to go before we can say the property market's out of the woods. But to date, for 2023, the property market is up. All right. And just the, the broader question, and we talk about it every week, 
the various policies being talked about. State governments have got policies, even local government has an involvement. But this National Housing Australia Future Fund, it's stuck in the parliament. There's talk about trying to build more houses as quickly as possible. What's your take on that? And what's your sense of how far behind we are in the number of homes we need? Well, it comes down, the question there is how many people are we going to invite into the country? So if we invite people into the country and don't supply housing, the rental crisis will will, will grow and become even worse. I heard stories in Queensland at a meeting last Friday that there's people sleeping in their cars on the Sunshine Coast because they just can't get housing. Now, that was a shock for me because I'm not seeing that in Sydney, but this person swore blind that that is a very, very real example of what's happening on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland at the moment. So the 30000 that the federal government are trying to get through the parliament, that is helpful. Any uh, increase in supply at the moment, John, is helpful for the property market, but it comes nowhere near close enough to breaking the challenge at hand. And I think the reality is, is that we need to make it easier for developers to build. There needs to be less red tape and state and local government need to come together to allow supply to increase. Now, if we don't want a big Sydney, if we don't want to see a great increase in supply, that's fine, but we need to stop inviting people into the country because uh, the the two policies are at odds with each other at the moment. So so the the plan, back in 2019, they were planning even more, a population even higher by 2025 than we're going to have. So, and then we had the two years of the pandemic. We basically stopped immigration. We saw population, I think, in one of those years actually went backwards. So why wasn't there any planning going on four or five years ago? I think COVID pushed a lot of developers to the sidelines, John. And then with the cost uh, increase in, in labour and materials, developers are very hesitant at the moment. Yep. And it's so difficult to even push over a double-fronted house and turn it into a two single fronted duplexes at the moment. So um, everybody accepts that we need greater supply in, in the major cities if we're going to have the population surge that the government's planning, but nobody wants that supply in their own backyard. So again, we need someone to make some strong decisions here. I, I have a look at what the federal government are trying to push through with uh, 30,000 uh, new dwellings for people in need of those dwellings, but that won't come anywhere near to offsetting the number of people they're planning to invite into the country. So I've looked here, according to the ABS, John, there's 2.5 persons per household in Australia. So 30,000 new dwellings is going to house, uh, what are we saying, 75,000 people. Exactly, yeah, of course. But they're talking about inviting 400,000 people into the country um, each financial year. So you can see there that the maths and the proposed solution don't add up. And we saw some stories in this, uh, particularly in inner city areas, where they've, they've done audits, some of the councils, of, of properties, homes, some of them are businesses, where they've just been left vacant. Do, do you hear of, of any of that? And, and what can be done about that? Well, they are proposing a, uh, a vacancy tax on properties that are left vacant. I don't see it happening en masse. Uh, What I see at the moment, John, is that a lot of our landlords are selling their investment properties off and have been doing so um, for the last three years. And when that investment property is sold, it's purchased by an owner-occupier. So the rental pool from that perspective has been shrinking. As we know, a lot of people have parked their investment property 
in the Airbnb market so that they've got the freedom to use it. And then um, there's been this demonisation of, uh, of in property investors and so much taxation around uh, investment properties that um, would-be property investors have chosen other asset classes. So you put all of that back-to-back combined with a population, population surge and you can see why we've got a rental crisis. Exactly. Peter, it's been a pleasure speaking with you tonight. Um, this is an ongoing issue and it's going to be a massive issue. It's going to be with us for some years to come, but I appreciate your insights this evening. My pleasure, John. Thank you.